It is Thursday, June 16th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who would never undermine the integrity of a well-smoked pork butt, J.P. Chadrick. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon and a busy show ahead coming up. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman in studio, as always. We'll hear from cornerback Shaquille Griffin with a new peanut pickoff promotion this year from Larray Boiled Peanuts. We'll hear from CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. I'm sure he'll have some things to say about Bruce Smith's comments regarding Tony Baselli. That's coming up about 4.30 today. We'll go around the National Football League if we can get Pete off the phone. Uh, Jeff Lockman is with us now. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? It's all good. All good. Happy uh, Thursday. Yeah, happy Thursday. And it'll be uh, quite some time before folks hear from us after today. Yeah. We get a little bit of a break after today. It goes to that, uh, what do we call that? It's the dead zone. The dead zone. Yeah, the dead zone. That's what I'm calling it. And it's going to be. A, it's not going to be dead for us. We're going to do all kinds of fun things. Well, this is the time to do them coming up. Yeah, because, because once the season starts, then we don't have a whole lot of time to do a whole lot of fun stuff other than football fun stuff. It's all football all the but time. But a busy week and that, and that the, the, the mini camp or what, I guess you would call a mini camp right. occurred and uh, sit down with Doug Peterson. Uh, that was uh, interesting and I thought very, a very cool thing to do. Yep. And, uh, and then Bruce Smith just shakes the earth in Jacksonville. Amazing. Right. We'll get into this in depth coming up, but uh, you know, this just felt like we're a month and a half until the enshrinement. Out of nowhere, here comes <laughs> here comes Bruce Smith off the top rope. I didn't know he could even climb to the top rope anymore. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, I, I I thought the 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 great approach or the great response is no response because when when you want to waller in the mud, you don't stoop down to the level of wallering in the mud with somebody like that. And it's very clear that Bruce Smith is very salty about getting his ass kicked. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the term that is a fact. And he got his rear end kicked against the Jaguars in the playoffs in Buffalo. That's the way it is. Okay? So. 25 um, years ago, by I, the way. I, there was some great responses, to because he posted this on Instagram. Right. And, and some of the best responses I have ever seen were written on his Instagram account. One of them was like, Brad, or, or said that, uh, Bruce, you are so mad. Why don't you get a cape and be super mad? Mm, there was another one. one, I think, which was the best, said, dang, Tony's been living rent-free in your head for over 20 years. Apparently. Apparently right? so. Yeah. So I just I don't get it. And, you know, Bruce, Bruce said some things that I thought were ridiculous, and, and I wanted to just take a couple excerpts. Oh, wow. Okay. From what Bruce said. Yeah, and we'll get to the full part of this coming up a little later in the show. Yes, well, but I just want to touch on it now. Pick a couple of them out. Mm -hmm. He accuses a campaign to promote Tony into the hall of focusing in on one performance and acts as if the campaign was run by Tony himself. Right. Had nothing to do with it. Tony had outstanding games against great players. After great player, after great player, the first game that Tony ever started in his career, 
If you wanted to focus in on one game for a Hall of Fame campaign, you can go to the very first game that he played against Sean Jones. Wearing him out. I couldn't stay on the bench. I was watching the mayhem that Tony was unleashing on Sean Jones. It was ridiculous. So I'm sorry, Bruce, because he says, I'm quite flattered to be considered the gold standard. Boy, way to be humble, Bruce. <laughs> you know, you're a Hall of Famer. One of the greatest players ever. I mean, he might be. You don't need. You don't need to say it to, right? to say that you're the gold standard. We get you had 200. Because sacks you know what, Bruce? You're not the only gold standard out there. There's other guys in the hall that are wearing yellow jackets, and you know what? Many thought that you couldn't carry Reggie Weiss jock. Okay, so take a little chill on your own importance. And then he follows this up later on and says the Hall of Fame is an exclusive fraternity that follows a tacit code of conduct which fosters respect and brotherhood between its members. Hmm. Well, guess what? By releasing this statement, you just violated that code of conduct. And then he follows it up with maintaining harmony and goodwill in the Hall of Fame is paramount. Well, you call this harmony and goodwill? by what you're saying about Tony Baselli going into the Hall of Fame? And after the fact, okay, if you had an opinion about Tony Baselli going into the Hall of Fame, have it before he goes in. Yeah, like the last six years has been a debate, right? Okay, that's, uh, that's the way it's worked. Now he's in, and there's no debate anymore. It's over. He's in. Like, what, you had six, seven years to do this. Uh, and, had 25 and years a, to a couple more things here. Tony was a formidable opponent. Uh, no, Tony was not a formidable opponent. Tony was one of the best left tackles to ever play the game. Okay, did he have a short career? Yes. Okay, so that point that you make, okay, that's valid. Okay, he said, uh, I find it difficult to compare the totality of his body of work with those of the NFL's greatest le uh, left tackles, Munoz and Ogden and Rofe and Walter Jones, which they are tremendous players. But he said, during my 19 years in the NFL, I went against several outstanding left tackles. Bruce Armstrong, Richmond Webb, Will Wolford all had stellar games against me. I'm here to tell you, Bruce, those guys couldn't carry Tony's jock. And I played against all of those guys. Okay, they're not in the same category as a Tony Baselli and a John Ogden and an Anthony Munoz or a Walter Jones. I'm sorry. But anyway, just had to say that to get that off. Well, yes, I'm I, very disappointed because it was totally unnecessary. Yeah, out of nowhere. And, and Tony's classy guy. He's not going to respond publicly to it, uh, but I'm sure Pete Prisco will. And we'll hear from him coming up at about 4.30. I texted Baselli yes. when, I, when, I saw, when I saw Bruce's comments, and I said, so did you just, like, swing into Canton and happen to, you know, defecate on Bruce's bust at the <laughs> hall or what? Wow. What, what did you do? Wow. You know, what did Be you aggressive. do? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, the kind of response that Bruce had. I mean, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Anyway, get a life, Bruce. So, on. more on that coming up at about 4.30 today when Pete Prisco, CBS Sports, joins us. Uh, and we'll get into that discussion a little bit more. Mandatory minicamp. The veterans were told, hey, stay away. You're done. Uh, most of them. There are a few guys stuck around coming off. A little injury here or there. Uh, we saw James Robinson out there doing some stuff on the side. Yesterday, Jamal Agnew all three days. Rudy Ford yesterday was out there. LaVisca. Rayshon Jenkins days. was Ray out there a little bit. Right, so that's a good thing. But mostly rookies were out there. And 
I mean, each practice logs was less than an hour. I mean, in 45 minutes, they were in and out. Well, maybe, you know, maybe 45 minutes. And uh, the newly signed defensive player, um, uh, Ray, was his last name, he was out there. So, I mean, there, there was a mix of veterans and rookies. And, uh, yeah, and it was good. It's good work. I mean, and here's the best part about that for, for guys that are young, guys that are maybe new to the team or guys that maybe missed a lot of the offseason program because of – of injury or for whatever reason that it was, this gives them an opportunity to catch up. And I don't mean Heinz catch up. I mean catch up with the terminology, catch up with the physical training aspect of the game, to catch up with building a relationship with your teammates, with your coaches. And so from that aspect, it was good. And I, I like the thought process that, that Doug Peterson had for this. And that, hey, look, and I appreciate this. I really do from a, from a player standpoint, having played the game for, for a decade. And that the program that just completed prior to this week was all completely voluntary. Correct. The attendance was outstanding. Correct. Guys are committed. Guys are hardworking. You had the extra mini camp because you have a new head coach. You have all of the OTA available days. And all of these guys came for all of it. So, and I'm not saying you throw a bone to your players, but you reward them for the hard work. And so uh, I appreciate Doug Peterson, and I know Doug talked a lot in uh, the, the off-the-record thing that he had the other day. And it wasn't really off-the-record. He said, look, everything's on the record, but it was kind of called that to begin with. But uh, he did, and maybe you didn't hear that. Well, I heard it. I was sitting okay. there. It's off. Uh, but uh, he did say that, look, that this felt like this team needed to heal. And I, I thought that that's, uh, that's pretty strong words to say for a head coach. Because I don't know if – have you ever heard a head coach talk of those terms? No, he said that a few times this offseason. Yeah, um, but, I mean, have you ever heard anybody else ever no, talk about anything not the, like that? No, no. Not I mean, not NFL. here, definitely not here. No. But have you ever heard of anybody talking about that ever in football? When it comes to a change, yeah, right. a change of the coach from the previous year, right? I don't remember that ever being said. I'm just trying to think of other instances that were like last year in other places, and I don't remember one like that in the NFL. No, there might have been a couple of college ones similar, but it wasn't. You know, it was a little different. It was visible, right? And here's the crazy thing, JP. I mean, there more stories could probably come out about last year. You know, I think that's part of the goal, too, of this offseason program, right? Um, and we're going to hear from Shaq Griffin coming up in just a few minutes. I'm curious his thoughts on this, too. He's you know, obviously was here last year and has been around the league a few years now. Doug has talked about this offseason trying to build that trust back, and it felt like this was probably the culmination of that, this, this offseason, into the offseason program, OTAs, and then into this minicamp. Because once they come back in five weeks to training camp, time for that's over. The yeah, building of the it's, trust. It's time to move forward. You're, you're moving forward to 22 and beyond. There should be no more questions about 2021 or what happened last year or the changes or any of that stuff. Uh, get that out of the way now because I think once training camp hits, it's full speed ahead. It is. And, I, and Doug, I think, was very specific about that. He said, hey, look, you know, once we get into camp, you know, we we need to put the pads on. We're gonna we're gonna grind. We're, we're gonna be moving forward. We're not slowing down. And so from that aspect of it, what you're talking about is that you know 
now that that's behind them and now it's all full speed ahead, that's the way it's got to be because there's a lot to accomplish between the time that you've – well, let me rephrase that. There's a lot to accomplish between now and the first game that counts because it's not over, okay? Just because you've completed your offseason program and everybody's going in different directions – now is the most critical time to where guys are tuning their bodies and getting it ready for the regular season. Mentally, it's time to get away and take a break, but you really never do. And I will tell you, JP, the, the closer that you get to training camp as a player, the more you dream about football, the more restless you become. Because you know you're about to enter a grind that doesn't end for six months. And it's incredibly demanding. And so you will have dreams about camp. You'll have dreams about the strain. You'll have dreams about getting hurt. You'll have dreams about success. And I mean, your mind just starts to work overtime. When you start to get into July, okay, and that training camp bell is close to ringing, it, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a di- it's, it's different. It really is. It's hard to sleep and it's hard to relax from a player's standpoint because once you come back, it's demanding in a lot of different ways, physically and mentally, everything. Busy schedule coming up at Daly's Place. Cheer live tomorrow night, June 17th. The Jacksonville Juneteenth celebration coming up this Saturday. And the next week, Tedeschi Trucks Band with Los Lobos and Gabe Dixon. That's Friday, June 24th. Train with Jewel and Blues Traveler, the 26th. That's a Sunday. Information and tickets, if they're available, at Daly's Place. We're back in a moment with Jaguars cornerback Shaquille Griffin and a new interception promotion for the 22 season. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022 Join us at the bank this season. Prowl passes are available starting at $299. Lock in your seats now. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Jaguars happy hour continues. Jeff Lagerman back with us in just a little bit. Jaguars cornerback Shaquille Griffin in with us now. Shaq, what's up? How you doing? Uh, Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Getting a chance to hang out a little bit. You know, take the kids to some certain places to hang out, enjoy himself. Went to Nickelodeon Resort Whoa. recently right there in uh, Cancun. So he had a blast. He had a blast. Do they so. slime people still? How does yeah, that work at they, the Nickelodeon? Yeah, they, they still slime people. Um, it was a little bit everywhere. They actually do the slime right at the water park. I don't think he liked that as much. I enjoyed it because I always wanted to go as a kid. So I was kind of taking this moment a little bit. But uh, we had to share that. But he didn't really like the slime, but I did. How I old, how old is, are we talking? <laughs> Two years old. Two. Two years old. Yep, yep, yep. He'll be three in September. But, yeah, he uh, he ain't like the slime. But everything else was amazing. <laughs> It'll only get harder to catch moving forward. Too. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Oh, that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. It runs in the family. I yeah. Think. <laughs> hey, so here we are. Off-season program. You've already mm-hmm. been to Cancun. You're mm-hmm. back in Jacksonville now. For how long? What mm-hmm. is your schedule coming up to, to stay in shape and everything? Well, yeah, I'll be here for the next couple of days. But um, I'm actually uh be moving around when it comes to training. I'm um, going back home. For a few weeks back in St. Petersburg, get a chance to train with, uh, train with Rayshon Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, my thing is I want to train with the guys, you know what I'm saying, uh, personally, to get a chance to continue to build that chemistry. Then um, in July, I'll be moving to Miami to get with Tyson Campbell and other guys that will meet up. 
back in Miami, get a chance to train together. So the whole thing is, you know, we were pushing each other all OTAs during the mini camp, and we got to keep that going. You know, so we're going to push each other in the rest of the offseason and come back ready for fall camp. You talked about that before, the importance of bonding as a group. Mm -hmm. And maybe not just the cornerbacks. If mm -hmm. there's some other guys that want to get involved in no that doubt. too, I'm sure you guys would open the doors to Yeah, them. no doubt. You know, uh, my thing is I try to get somewhere where it's space enough for anybody who might just pull up for a couple of days and maybe they can come stay with me. Uh, you know, we'll make it work. But uh, anybody, you know, we try to get – Anybody on the team. Anybody on the team. Okay. Not outside. Okay. Not just <laughs> – Anybody okay. on the team, you know, um, imagine getting some of the offensive guys there, you know, uh, getting some of the D-line or whatever it may take. So we can work on drops, whatever it is, you know, uh, getting a chance to continue to build that chemistry, you know, on both sides of the ball. Shaq Griffin is with us. You know, there's been a lot of talk, and this question I think is asked a lot because it's the first off-season program with a new coaching staff mm -hmm. and everything and, and Doug Peterson and – now that you're out of the building for the offseason, <laughs> looking back on the last few months when the mm -hmm. veterans were in with, with Doug leading the way and mm -hmm. a veteran coaching staff, um, how positive was that? Is that oversold how positive an environment this has been the last couple of months, or is that is it accurate? No, it's very accurate. And, you know, uh, some things you got to overemphasize. You know, being a new coach, is a, it's a lot going on and try to bring the organization back to where we need to be and getting the players to believe in the message that he's given us. You know, and I feel like he handled it very well going to his offseason, you know, treating the guys, you know, um, like the the men that we are, you know, and letting us be exactly who we are in the field and let us contribute in a way that we feel like can help the organization win. And he's figured that out, you know. So it was a very exciting time to get that chance to really be with the guys here, be with Coach Doug here, you know, and starting to work with each other. You know, we still have a lot left to do, a lot left to accomplish, and we all understand that, you know, and I feel like we truly are on the same page, and that's what we needed. Shaq, it feels like that was a, it was building up as this offseason went to get to the mandatory mini camp mm -hmm. to earn that trust of the players who had mm -hmm. been here. Because once training camp comes along, mm -hmm. we're not asking questions about no. last year anymore. <laughs> it's about 2022 and beyond. Mm -hmm. I think that was the goal. It feels like that he reached that goal. The trust of the team is there. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. You know, uh, everything, uh, our thought process, everything is moving forward about this team, this coaching staff, this organization. And that's what you need. We shouldn't have to, you know, go back and have to review what happened last year because it's a new team, it's a new start, and everybody believing that. And we're going to make something different. We're going to make something better out of what we have now. So, you know, everybody's buying in, and that's the great part. He definitely has our trust. And, you know, we're ready to run through a brick wall for Doug, so <laughs> we're ready for it. Cornerback <laughs> Shaquille Griffin is with us here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Uh, what do you like about the defense? Oh, the, the defense is definitely going to be ruthless. I can tell you that. Ruthless. Ruthless and like fast. That. You know, um, and fast. Yeah, definitely, definitely fast. You know, we got some people that can move around in different places. We can switch it up. But the thing is, we have a team full of confident guys. We don't care who we have to face, who we're going to be playing against. We're going to win. You know, and that's the process going into each day, each practice. And, you know, um, now I feel like we have a defense where we want everybody to succeed. You know, uh, we're not just competing. We're trying to create a new you know, a uh, situation when it comes to having everybody ready for any scenario, you know, and that's the best part because everybody wants to see everybody be better. And I love that about our defense. And take the ball away, right? Of course, of Get course. Get hands on the football and take it and keep of it course. and do it over and over and over of again. Of course, you know, and now we have our own little in competition where who's going to have the most picks? And I'm already calling it, of course, because I've been working my butt off to make sure I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody wants a piece of it, and that I love that, you know, we're overemphasizing getting the ball and we're getting the ball in practice. You know, that's where it starts, and we're making that happen. So we got to continue to build on it, and we got to make it work. 
It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with Jaguars cornerback Shaquille Griffin. To that point, the Jaguars Foundation and Larray Peanuts are partnering on an interception promotion this season, Shaq. Mm-hmm, the Peanut mm-hmm. Pickoff. <laughs> and for each Jaguars interception, Larray will provide a donation toward youth football initiatives matched by the Jaguars Foundation. You say you're motivated already to yep. get those picks. Yep. With the, with this peanut pickoff promotion, you're really super motivated now. We got sure. to, we got to, and you know, and I'm super motivated to continue to, you know, to give back and give to others. So I got to make these plays for myself and for everybody else who's watching, you know, so we can go ahead and get them donations going. <laughs> but uh, we definitely gonna make sure we get that to happen. You're a vegan, right? Yep. I'm a vegan. Or vegan friendly. You're vegan. a full vegan. Full vegan. So boiled peanuts are right up your alley then, right? Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of them. Uh, that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect for that. But you know, you, when you make a lifestyle choice like that, you have mm-hmm. to kind of you know, obviously make some decisions about what you put in your body, and mm-hmm. then you, you have the option of boiled peanuts from Loray. I yeah. mean, I, you go for that almost every time. Yeah, and of course, it's not easy being vegan. So to have that choice, to have more options, I definitely need it <laughs> for any vegan need these boiled peanuts and they're, and they're accessible easily accessible mm-hmm. like you said it can be tough to find some things but yeah. you can find these anyway yeah 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 and if you uh, they run out the store call Shaq we'll make it happen okay <laughs> oh, Shaq has some sources I think now for Lorraine boiled peanuts they'll be on sale of course at all Jaguars 2022 Jaguars preseason and regular season home games at TIAA Bank Field and listen for the peanut pickoff promotion throughout the 2022 season. Any predictions mm-hmm. on how many picks the Jaguars will have this year on defense? Well, our goal is to lead the league. So whatever that number is, it got to be a lot because we got to lead the league and we want to be number one. And that's our goal. So I can't really put a number on it. There's going to be a lot of interceptions. A lot. A and lot. Then, you know, maybe a few <laughs> end in the end zone also. Yes. Would be nice. Yes. I definitely need a couple. I don't want to say one. I need a couple in that ends in the end zone. And I remember when you first got here, Shaq, you mm-hmm. said, hey, the first pick six I have, I'm finding the first uh, of my jersey and I'm giving them the I first I have one. to. That still stands. It still once, stands. Once okay. I see that 26, you get the first one. I like you that. deserve it. I like that. <laughs> Shaq, thanks for the time. No, Good luck with you. the uh, promotion this year, the peanut pickoff presented by Larray Boiled Peanuts. Shaq, we'll talk to you in training camp. Yes, sir. We're back with more in a moment. Jeff Lagerman will return after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you faced this man on the offensive line, you knew he was destined for Canton. One of the most dominant tackles of the 1990s and the first ever Jacksonville Jaguar, Tony Vaselli. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. That was Bruce Smith introducing Tony Baselli into the Pro Football Hall of Fame or the announcement that he had been elected on NFL Honors. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Well, that was, of course, a few months ago, right around Super Bowl time. Then there was earlier this week on Bruce Smith's Instagram page, a long string of issues with Baselli apparently, in part saying... A large part of the campaign to promote Tony Vaselli into the Hall of Fame seems to hyper-focus on a single successful performance he had against me in a 1996 playoff game. He later went on to say, I and other Hall of Famers believe it sets a horrible precedent to negatively zero in on a standing member of the Hall's play in order to validate the candidacy 
of a nominee. He said much more. We'll get to it coming up. Pete Prisco of CBS Sports might have a few things to say about this as well. Good afternoon to you, Pete. What's up? What's up, JP? You know, uh, look, it's it's nice to see Bruce saying those things because we got to knock the celly down a few pegs before the ceremony, don't we? Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, JP, all we ever talk about is how giant his head is. Well, that thing is going to be out of control in the next two months. So, I mean, you know, bringing him down a little bit is not a bad thing, right? That <laughs> was not what I was expecting to hear, but, yeah, I guess. No, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And, and look, I just don't understand – where Bruce is coming from, and why? Why now? Why all of a sudden do you pop that out there and say that? And and it, it just isn't a good look for him. This is an exclusive club, and welcome to the club, everybody. And oh, by the way, I'm going to take a shot at the guy who's now coming into the club. It, it just Bruce Smith looks terrible uh, with the way he handled this thing, and, and I, I think that's getting a lot of pushback, and he's getting a lot of pushback, which is the way it should be. Pete, and the other thing I think that's disappointing is that he makes a statement, but then in that statement, he uses the line, and I'm going to read this because I think this is important. He says, uh, uh, I and other Hall of Famers. He uses that as if there's other Hall of Famers that believe the same as him. That's, I mean, that's, that's not okay to say, well, you know, I got some other guys that are in the Hall of Fame that don't appreciate what's happening here. You don't do that. Yeah, because I mean, name names, Bruce. If he, well, you don't name names because yeah, you know not? what? Let them attach their own thoughts yeah. to their own name. You don't just drag a couple more guys in anonymously to help make your point. I mean, I, I just think that that was just that was just chicken. You know what? You know who one of those guys is, and and, and I've because I've actually talked to him over the years, and and I've argued with him, and and it, one of those guys that never thought Tony was that good was John Randall, and the reason being, you remember the game up there, Log? Well, you were on the team that year, right? That was the year Jonathan Quinn. Were you you were still there, weren't you? What year was that? When Jonathan, what year was that? When Jonathan Quinn had to play quarterback at Minnesota on a Monday night? Maybe you were, maybe you weren't on the team that year. I don't year. know, but but it was a. No, but every, Jonathan Quinn was the third-team quarterback, and he had to start the game, and the Vikings were one of the better teams in the league that year, and they went up there and got ambushed. And Tony had a bad game like everybody did, and Tony will be the first to admit. He says it now to this day. I didn't play well against Randall. And John Randall will sit there and say, well, Tony wasn't a good player. And I go, John, you can't say that off of one game. Give me a break. I mean, that's ridiculous. And and so that's probably the other guy that Bruce Smith is talking about. But Yeah, but let uh, John Randall speak is, his mind. I mean, don't don't, right. yeah, I don't say that. I agree. I just don't understand. What was the reasoning for it? It's not just one game. By the way, he played him again and handled him in the next time they played, too. Remember that? People don't realize that. He dominated him again in the second time he played him. Uh, so I, I just I think it's a bad look for Bruce Smith. It's a really bad look. And, Pete, when you look at uh, the comments on Bruce's Instagram page, I thought that uh, the people did a great job responding to some of Bruce's comments. <laughs> and and some, of, right. some of them are great. And I, th- and I said this earlier because uh, I, had, I had to get it off my chest, the very first segment of our show here. And I said this was the best one, and the line was that Tony Baselli is living in Bruce Smith's head for over 20 years rent-free. That's the truth. It, it is true. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, you know, over the years, I've tried to get stuff out of him to help Tony's cause, and he would never do it. No. He would never do it. Never would. 
And, and he never, you remember, he never shook his hand after the game either. I mean, he just got abused and then, then ran for the high hill. Well, and, I mean, I, I and, don't have know, that... a problem with that, though. I mean, look, there's a lot of guys that haven't shaken hands after a game because, you know, there's anger or disappointment and everything else. But, you know. Yeah, the... but, okay, that's still that. Uh, go go shake a hand. I mean, okay, he didn't shake his hand. But then, but then te- it, it, this is going on for you know, 15 years, he never wanted to say anything. Every time I did, you know, I, I go to Vic Caruccio. I've known him for years. I go, Vic, you know Bruce Smith. Can you get him to say something about Tony so he can put it in the packet for the Hall of Fame thing? And he would never do it. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just a, and by the way, I told Tony the other day, I go, Tony, all you had to do was respond to just say three words. Watch the tape. If all anybody has to do is watch the tape, he abused the guy. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer, is with us. There are a couple more quotes we'll get to if you're watching on Jaguars.com. The Hall of Fame is an exclusive fraternity that follows a tacit code of conduct which fosters respect and brotherhood between its members. He later went on to say, resorting to underhanded tactics like targeting a Hall of Famer and hyping a one-game matchup to bolster a nominee's merit, as some of Tony's supporters have done, undermines the integrity of the Hall's election process. There's plenty more than that. That's all we'll get to here. But, Pete, what happened to the uh, respect and brotherhood and the tacit code of conduct? Yeah, and that's the most amazing thing about that, because there's been guys in the Hall of Fame that didn't get along. They never got along. And yet when they get into the Hall of Fame together, they're, they're brotherhood. It's a brotherhood. You put the jacket on, you're part of the brotherhood. You sign your name, HOF. You make a ton of money. You, bo- you know, brag, every- brag on everybody. Boast them all up. Boost them all up. And, and what happens? He's not even in yet, and he's taking shots at him. Right. I just don't get it. Just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think they, they have talked, and I think they'll fix it, but that was just a bad look for Bruce. I, I would have a hard time talking with Bruce if I'm Tony. And I may talk and make it look good on face value, but I'm, I, I mean, if I'm Tony. Well, now you know what he really thinks. I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't forget that. Just like you don't forget how you dominated him. You don't. There's you some things that will never be forgotten. No. You know what Tony should have said, Logs? He should have said, you know what, Bruce, you, you were the defensive player that year, that year, and you were about number four on my list of guys if I had to rank them in terms of it gave me, <laughs> gave me the most trouble. Because what, Mike McCrary was number one. Oh, absolutely. To Tony, Tony said yeah. that for years. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, it just, it's weird. And then anybody says, oh, it was one game. Well, he did dominate him again at the second time he played him, too by the way, just FYI. Yeah, I think and, that was the next year. And Bruce thinking that uh, that he's the only guy that Tony dominated. I mean, Pete, you remember the very first game that Tony played, and you remember it was against the Green Bay Packers and Sean Jones. Sean Jones. He crushed yeah. them. Crushed them. Jason the, the Taylor one, dominated the, be, the best one is the Derek Thomas one, though. When Derek Thomas, I think, had seven sacks that w- w- the week before he played you guys and – and uh, and Phil Sims always tells this story. And he, Sims was at the pre-production meeting, and pre, you know, he says, "Hey, Tom, how are you going to handle Derek Thomas?" And he goes, "My guy." And he stoned him. He didn't get near him. He dominated him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he dominated a bunch of really good players. And and you look, like you players. practice against him every day. Great players. You know what he could do. I know. It was, we've, I've, I've never have been. I've never have been around somebody that out of the gate. Gave me fits as a veteran. Never. There's never. There's never been a rookie that I went against that I was like, "Jeez, you kidding me?" I didn't have an answer. The only one that I think that I would even compare to Tony was John Ogden. Like right out of the gate, he was great. 
long. I mean, obviously he was playing guard that very first time, but then the first time that he played a tackle went against him, and it was one of those things where you just – you didn't know what was going to work. And with Tony, it was the same way in practice. Pete was like, God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, you didn't, you didn't have anything that you felt good about that you could beat him with. And then the intensity that he played with and the finish that he played with was so far above. And it's so disappointing that Bruce would mention a Will Wolford or a Richmond Webb or a Bruce Armstrong along the same lines of Baselli. I mean, Pete, you watch yeah. those guys. I played against yeah. those guys. That's not the yeah. same category. No, they're not. They, they, look, Tony's in the category with Ogden and Walter Jones and Anthony Munoz and, and the, the great, the, you know, he's better than Pace. He was better than Pace and Pace. He's better than Willie Rofe, and they both went in before him. Yes. Uh, he, he's in the category of the elite elite. The other thing, too, like, oh, he's a left-handed quarterback, wasn't protecting the backside. Well, Anthony Munoz blocked for Boomer Esiason. He didn't protect the backside either. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. And, by the way, the blocking schemes were entirely different back then. Those guys were in man-up, one-on-one situations when they were in pass protection. They didn't get a lot of help, including in that playoff game. There wasn't a lot of help for Tony in that playoff game. Well, it's entirely different. Balls out now, too. It wasn't seven-step drops like it is back then. Yeah, they didn't give, they didn't give Tony any help. I mean, and whether you had a left-handed quarterback or not, you were facing the most athletic, <laughs> best pass rusher of every team. I was going to say, is still Bruce Smith lining up against yeah. you? Why is he on that side then, Bruce? Why well, aren't you on the other side? Well, Bruce, you know, Come he's, on. You know Bruce is saying that maybe that if Tony had gone against uh, Phil Hansen, maybe it would have been tougher for Mark Brunel on the other side. I mean, come on. By the way, he did get a ha- – I think he got a half sack the next time they played. And I went back and actually rewatched that game. He got it on uh, the guard. He slanted inside on the guard, and the guard didn't block him. So he didn't get it on Tony either. There you go. Well, that's Pete Prisco. It's just a shame that, I mean, look, Bruce Smith is a great player. Great player. I mean, arguably one of the top ten defensive players ever to play the game with longevity, performance, the height, the height of his level of play. Mm-hmm. And to do this – it's just a bad look. It's a bad look, and I think it, it causes some concern. And in my eyes, is that is he okay? Is Bruce okay? When I say that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, because you know yeah. what? This, that, this is not something that happens every day coming from a Hall of Famer's mouth. Is he okay? Because this isn't something that somebody that's okay would say. And what what was the impetus for it? Did somebody ask him about it, or he just put it on his Instagram? No, page? he put it on his Instagram. Put it on the page. IG. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, this is uh, this is totally prepared. I mean, reviewed multiple pages on Instagram. Pete, this isn't something that's a knee jerk reaction to anything. This is something that he thought out, or somebody helped him create, or or what? I mean, I don't know, but I can tell you this, man. He saw. He's salty, salty mm, about yes. that performance. No doubt about that. Uh, Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer with us. While we have you, Pete, last couple minutes with you here. What is your uh, – we haven't seen you around here in a few minutes, so what's the outside perception of what the Jags have done this offseason so far? By the way, I was going to come at one point for uh, minicamp or during the OTAs, but uh, there was a little glitch in the plan, and I'll tell you about it at a different time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just say uh, I wanted to say hello to the quarterback, and it might not have been a possibility. So oh. Let's just say that. But um, So anyway, so uh, – yeah, I, I look, I'm excited about watching this team next year. I, I'm a big believer in the quarterback. I, I think what we saw against Indy was just a precursor of what's going to happen. He's going to be a big-time player. 
And I think the improvement on the offensive line will help him. I, I, you know, I think Kirk is going to be much better than people give him credit for. Everybody pings the contract. Who cares? Guys get paid, and, and he's going to be a 75-catch guy for them. And Sean Jefferson, I've known him for years. He was the wide receivers coach in Arizona. He raves about the kid. He said he owned the room. Think about that. Hopkins was in the room, and it was Kirk who owned it. Yeah. And that tells you a lot about Christian Kirk. So I, And I think defensively they're going to be really good. I mean, I don't know if they'll be great rushing the passer next year. It might have, you know, it depends on what Walker is, and they're going to play him standing up, and he's going to play a rush linebacker, which he hasn't done much of, and he doesn't have that suddenness you like usually in that position. But so it'll be an adjustment for him. But I think defensively they have talent, so they're going to be better. How much better? To be determined. Hey Pete, uh, just one one more question here. One of the things that. We obviously love here, uh, me and JP and, and people that uh, have been around this team for the last couple of years, has been the the, the change in the coaching staff, obviously, and, and the, the job that Doug Peterson has done with his coaching staff. I mean, I'm talking quality. And one guy that I want to point to in particular, because the more I see, the more I like, is defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. I love how he handles himself. I love – how he answers questions. I mean, there's just sometimes you just get a feel for a guy and that the way that he answers questions, you sit there and you go, he's a guy that's going to be able to have a really good pulse on his room. What do you think of Mike Caldwell? Love him. I think he's going to be a star in the profession. And heard that for a long time from guys in this league. And, and being over, you know, I go to Tampa a lot, and, and I've known those coaches over there for a while. They raved about him. And, you know, rightfully so. He he gets it. He's played the league. He understands what it takes, but he's smart. He's going to be aggressive, and I love that. I love the idea of that. Now, I, I do want to see how those corners play in that system because, remember, in that system, you play a lot of man. And when you look at the, at the you know, Jaguars corners, you wouldn't ideally say they're all-man cover corners. He, particularly Campbell played much better when he didn't play as much man last year, although I think he can do it. So it'll be an adjustment, but I'm bullish on Mike Caldwell. I think he's going to be a head coach in the league, and, and I think they have themselves a really good, uh, bright defensive mind. I, I think the staff is good, and, and it's the pros, pro staff. I mean, it's, it's an NFL staff, and I think Doug, it starts with Doug. Doug is a pro. He gets it. He played in the league. He understands what it takes. I'm going to kid around and call Mr. Softy for giving him the rest of minicamp off, but, I mean, other than that, I think he's done a great job so far. <laughs> Well, Pete, you wouldn't let anybody slide on <laughs> well, that one, would you? Not. No, no, of course not. <laughs> By the way, before you go, JP, you'll appreciate this, and I know Logs will too. I was leaving for from the uh, draft in Vegas, and I get to the My flight was delayed 24 hours. It was red eye. Finally, get there. I'm sitting there, and I see this big giant standing over at the Mrs. Fields cook. It was a Mrs. Fields cookie thing, getting about 12 a bucket of cookies or something. I go, Jesus, Bissell, you got to get in shape for the Hall of Fame ceremony. What the hell are you doing? I knew you were going to – I knew that that was where you were going with that. I, I Just for some reason, I knew it was Baselli at the cookie stand. Of course. You know it, right? I mean, it wasn't like – Jeff, you know when you, you want to have a cookie to get the taste out? You know, you want to have something sweet after a meal or something? He had like a, I mean, it had to be like 10 of them, 12 of them in there. Main one, course, one, baby. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pete, uh, we will see you in training camp. Enjoy your summer. And if we don't see yeah, you at you'll camp. See me before, you'll see me in camp before camp. So that's one of my first stops. So I'm going to come to Jacksonville because they start early, and then I will be in Canton for a couple of days as well. Thanks for the time, Pete.
All right, guys. Take care. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco with us. We're back in a moment. We'll um, take a live look at the construction of the Football Performance Center, now the Miller Electric Center, outside of the bank. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Miller Electric has been doing business in Jacksonville for nearly a century. Your belief in what's possible for the entirety of the community is appreciated and is inspirational. Your support will undoubtedly make a major impact on our football team. And that, by extension, will make a positive difference throughout Duval. So to Henry Brown and everyone at Miller Electric, thank you. That is Jaguars owner Shad Khan. Monday, the announcement of the Miller Electric Center. The naming rights deal announced Monday in a press conference just outside the construction footprint. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. And a look outside if you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jags social media. A live look at the construction. There is steel going up. It continues to, I mean, it changes by the hour, really. Uh, logs just to see this thing continue to grow. They, they keep pouring some concrete. They're doing, the, the walls have been there for a little while. Some of the walls, uh, the elevator shafts, the stairwells are, are there. The big concrete it's taller than I thought it was going to be, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I wasn't kind of expecting that to have that kind of uh, profile going up, but it looks fantastic. It's going to be an amazing facility. And uh, the great thing is is that they still have room to grow, you know, because there's quite a bit of land that's still around that and parking lots that at some point, look, if you want to do even expand it even further, that you could do that. Yeah. But the pace that they're working at is unbelievable. I mean, there is – and I don't know exactly. I mean, they might be going however many days or ever, however many hours a day, but sometimes it seems like that they just don't quit. I know it does, right? I mean, and it was nice to see at that event on Monday the construction workers on site took the lunch break. They had the lunch under the tent right there in the yeah, parking lot. Yeah, they got lot, taken care of. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, cool and thing. Good to hang out with some of those people on Monday. Ten-year agreement. Uh, Miller's been in Jacksonville since 1928, now over 3,000 employees and a nationwide company based in Jacksonville. Uh, Jags President Mark Lamping was on the dais, Mayor Lenny Curry, uh, Henry Brown, the Miller CEO, Council President Sam Newby, Trent Balky and Doug Peterson, part of the press conference as well. And then Mark Lamping joined the group on Jags Drive Time earlier this week on Tuesday discussing the construction progress. The progress is visible uh, literally every day, hour by hour. A uh, great uh, collection of uh, subcontractors are performing the work, really hard workers on site. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you, you have to get it done on time. You know, so we have to absolutely have to be complete by the end of uh, June next year, about a year from now, mm -hmm. so that when the team comes back for training camp, they can move right into the new facility. It'd be very disruptive for them to have to do that as it gets closer to the season or even in, in the middle of the season. The full conversation with Mark Lamping available on the archive of Jags Drive Time. That's on Jags social media from Tuesday or on jaguars.com. Plenty to discuss with him with uh, the shipyards 
uh, coming up and the construction, of course, right here and a lot of things happening with the football team. I think the one thing that uh, Mark talked about, about the timeliness, okay, got to be done by June of next year. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that is not being sacrificed is the quality of the work. And that's not easy to do. And that's why when Mark's talking about what a great collection of subcontractors and, and how incredibly hard they're working, uh, yeah, you can see it. I mean, every day you see progress. And that's, that's the impressive part. And I just can't wait to see this facility come to fruition. We've had the, the experience and the opportunity to see many other NFL teams' facility, you know, the notable ones, the Vikings, the Ravens. The Atlanta Falcons going way back. They were one of the first ones that actually came up with this concept of this just big giant facility on a lot of uh, uh, acreage that they have. And now the, the Jaguars are going to be right in the mix. And I know it's not really an arms race in the National Football League because uh. – but, I mean, the reality is, JP, is that the NFL now recruiting is involved because sometimes for years many people said, oh, it's about the money. Now, it's only about the money. Well, it is about the money, but a lot of times money is equal. So when money is equal, if you have a facility like this and you're competing against a team that doesn't, maybe that sways a free agent to coming your way. So from that aspect of it, the arms race does exist in the NFL for good reason. Let's go around the National Football League. A few notable storylines. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell will testify at a U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform hearing next week. He will testify virtually. Washington owner Dan Snyder declined to be uh, interviewed Imagine or that. will testify. Uh, Congress launched an investigation into the Washington workplace misconduct in October of last year after the league did not release a report on the independent probe Snyder, of course, stepped away from day-to-day -day business of the club, but the lack of a written report prompted that congressional inquiry. Something to watch. Uh, does, uh, does the congressional inquiry press further to get Daniel Snyder to testify? But the interesting thing for me is the report that came out not that long ago about, about Dan Snyder skimming off of the top before – allowing that percentage to pass into the pool that's shared by other owners. That, to me, is, is the thing to watch. The workplace environment, absolutely something that's important. But when you violate the trust of those who you work with, yeah. that can create what, in essence, would be the death penalty for his ownership in Washington. Something to watch the next uh, few months ahead. The Steelers made Minka Fitzpatrick the highest-paid safety in league history logs. Big money. Four-year extension worth more than $73 million, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. $36 million of that guaranteed. It's an average of just over $18 million per season. He's a great player. And uh, they traded – if you compare what the, what the Pittsburgh Steelers – gave up to get him and compare that to what the Seahawks gave up to get uh, Jamal um, uh, the safety for the Seahawks. From the now. Jets. From the Jets, okay. Adams? Adams, thank you. Okay, you compare what each team gave up. You'll understand why the Pittsburgh Steelers have been kind of the, the standard of the way to do business. They didn't overpay for a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. 
They gave one draft pick away. Yeah. That was it. And how many did they, they give up for Jamal? A lot. It was a lot. A whole lot. And there wasn't a contract attached to it. Oof. They had to pay him. Oof. Yeah. So, uh, the Colts starting safety, Kari Willis, is retiring after three NFL seasons. He was a fourth-round pick by the Colts in 2019. Played 14 games that year with nine starts, 14 starts in 2020. Uh, Ten starts last season. I think he had about four career interceptions. He said he's devoting the remainder of his life to further the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he's getting out of football three years in and moving on with life. Good for him. You, in life, you follow your passion. If that's your passion, go for it. And that takes a lot of courage to do that because, I mean, if you're walking, stepping away from millions of dollars of potential income to follow your calling, that calling is loud. I give him credit. Yeah. It takes courage. Uh, no doubt. Because you can't come back. Tough to come back, at least. Well, you can come back. So, yeah, but it's uh, tough. You come back. I mean, it's not like it's uh, you're leaving the uh, the PGA to go play this <laughs> other tournament and trying to come back. Yeah, that, okay? They may not come back. Okay, this is uh, the, the gospel is not. <laughs> is it LIV, I guess? The, <laughs> the Live Tour. The Live right. Tour, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it for our look around the National <laughs> Football League. Hey. We mentioned this earlier. It's our last show. We'll be back until uh, – we won't be back until the, the last week of July. That's July 28th. Yes. And Thursday. We'll, yes. And we'll have a full slotment, uh, uh, allotment of shows that week as training camp begins. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tra- training camp this year and, and the Hall of Fame game and, and can't wait for, for Tony Baselli's induction into the Hall of Fame and, and the hell with Bruce Smith. It's going to be a fantastic – moment and well-deserved and very excited to, to be able to witness the induction ceremony and I can't wait. It's going to be fun man looking forward to that uh, looking forward to a little time uh, down and then get back at it here we go late July Jaguar I'm football rock and roll let's go let's do it let's go let's win some games let's go let's win some football W's games. let's get some W's get your tickets now jaguars.com slash tickets I think I got them you might want to find out check your account I need to talk to Jim. <laughs> Thanks to Shaq Griffin, Jaguars cornerback, and CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We will catch you in a few weeks. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.